0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Delve Further, episode 10. Uh, no, I haven't explained why I call it Delve Further. I see you out there asking why there's a little uh, little insectoid on the logo. Uh, maybe, maybe sometime in the future, if you're interested, I'll, I'll explain. But today I am joined with a very, very good friend of mine. Somebody who has been in... I would say the shadows of the Overwatch scene kind of, you know, doing his thing and now has absolutely exploded onto the field. It is Chris Boopasaurus Lazard of the top 10 Boops of the Week. You may know him if you're an OG (laughs) and if you are, because I respect you very much. So, Chris, that was was a long time ago. That's an eternity.
1: Season zero. Didn't even get an actual number uh, for that. Carbon series before that, the Boop of the Week, man. I remember, like, back in the day when I was, like, trying to, like, market myself, everyone would just be, like, I was at a dream hack, and everyone was, like, you sound familiar, you yeah, care? Yeah. And no one would ever guess who I actually <laughs> was, but they knew I was somebody, mm-hmm. and so hopefully,
0: hopefully one day they'll be, like, you sound familiar, and I'd be, like, ah? But that's, the, be but, like, that's the, but that's the start of something good, you know, you get the bug in the ear, you know, you start yeah. to build that voice up. And you become the uh, the voice of a game. So it's
1: <laughs> ladders. I, you, know,
0: I, you know, I'm good for right now as
1: being like the familiar sound in person. Like you're from something. Yeah. I know
0: it, right? Eventually I'll get there. Now but, we just um, need to get uh, the face to the voice and then yeah. the name and, you know. Exactly. We'll, we'll exactly. get there.
1: But, but um, yeah, that was a great, great time back then. Blast from the past,
0: man, for sure. That That's I, – I remember that's how I, you know, first – knew of you and we had you know cross paths doing you know contenders this that the other thing and you know what kind of was it was fun to kind of meet somebody on the inside and and kind of pick their brain and like learn some things you know what went on behind the scenes at carbon but a lot of people don't realize that you have quite an extensive history and 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 are very in the most positive sense a very interesting person every time (laughs) i get to talk to you it's it's like i could just sit have a drink and, and we could talk over dinner. And, and I think I'd be absolutely enthralled because I think we, I think you bring out a lot of very interesting conversations. Very, very fun.
1: Yeah. You know, I have such an interesting background, right? So like I started Mm. as a teacher and I I was a tuba player of like, I I was a music major in college, (laughs) majored in the tuba. And everyone was right that that was never going to go anywhere. And so like, (laughs) and so uh, I went into teaching after that. And then I became a preschool teacher. And I think those kids taught me a lot of things about life.
0: Sure right.
1: And so I think that's really come into play because surprisingly, I take a lot of that experience that I had as a teacher mm-hmm. um, into my professional life in terms of like talking to people and the stories I get to tell and stuff like that. It's amazing how every aspect of someone's past could contribute to their future and it's also awesome that I get
0: to keep, you know keep some of that in the in the past. I'm glad it's entertaining for you, man. Well, I mean, I- Again, I don't want it to sound like this is, like, what's what's the quote from the movie? Like, oh, am I a clown? haha ha, funny. Like, what, what am yeah. I? You know, it's it's entertaining because it's, like, charming and enthralling. And, you know, you want to yeah. learn more. It's like a good book, right? You open it. You read the, the synopsis. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. I want to, like, flip, me, flip through a couple pages. And you you end up on chapter 99. And you're just like, wow, I, where's where's chapter? You know, where's book two? And right, right. This one's got to cool. have a secret. Yes, Exactly. Six so, seasons in a movie. Come on. <laughs> so, how did a tuba player become a preschool, and what did you teach? How how, how did <laughs> teaching come out of tubing?
1: So, um, tuba was my main instrument in high school. It was kind of like how I decompressed. It was like my okay. gaming before gaming, right? The, your and golf. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, I, I played the tuba originally. Uh, this is before I knew I was gay because there was a girl who played tuba and everyone thought I should like her. So I like switched. My parents actually had bought me a very nice trumpet for mm. all you music people out there. It's a Stradivarius. So that should make you hurt. Um, if you know what that means. Uh, and so the I started playing the tuba and then I ended up liking it. You know, it was for a girl at first and I loved it. There's something mm. about, you know, just being the base of that, of, of the entire sound of it. Sure. And... Um, uh, and so that was really cool. So that's how I started on tuba, and then I majored in it. And then uh, um, I transitioned into music education uh, later on in that okay. uh, because, well, early, really early because I always wanted to be a teacher. At first, I tried to do a performance thing, but that just not that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, I wasn't quite good enough at the time, fair. And so I, I went into music education, got my degree in, in four years in that, and then I had met an ex uh, who was very very into StarCraft.
2: Mm.
1: And so, um, uh, I went to my first BarCraft after meeting this guy, and I got wasted and threw up <laughs> at like six, like six o'clock in the afternoon. And I had like the best time, right? I was like, "You can watch games like this." And then, like two weeks later, he introduced me to League of Legends, and that was it in terms of me getting the gaming, right? And so. You know, after college, um, this was, you know, all during slash like a year after college. I okay. needed a job. And so I started teaching private lessons. I, I, I taught piano lessons for a really long time. Mm. And then I got a gig as a pre- preschool teacher. Um, and then that was just that lended itself really well to doing something on the side. Mm. Uh, and that's how I really got into esports. After I broke up with that guy, I met my current husband. And we were, you know, getting into Hearthstone. And I had started thinking about it, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know. I think I might be a good caster. It could be. It could be something that I should explore, right? And sure. then finding those opportunities are hard. But I happen to live in Colorado, and there is a place called Clutch Gaming here. Not like I, not related to the League of Legends or like the like the Or. <laughs> sure. Um, they did have an Overwatch League team. The Colorado a Clutch. Yeah, ah, Louis was on it. Yes, Lumi's yes, probably that's how well I remember. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, I, I I hooked up with them. I went to Hearthstone tournament. I had just started playing Hearthstone, and then mm-hmm. I lost in the first round in like fifteen minutes. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, the, Justin, the guy who owns Clutch, was like, "Hey, one of our casters didn't show up. Does anyone in the audience want to give it a, give it a shot?" Right. And then originally I didn't say anything, and then my you know then boyfriend now husband was like, like oh, "Chris, you should." Go. No, he straight up goes, he wants to do it. Oh. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just straight up just made me do it. And then I did it, and it was like, I felt like Cinderella, man. Oh. You know, it was just, it was so much fun that first time around and then Justin was like hey let's get you doing some more and then so i casted a couple more hearthstone tournaments i did mm-hmm. hearthstone for a very long time very cool. and then overwatch came out and then um he got me onto some overwatch tournaments i got on with Col- uh, colorado clutch and then he knew the carbon guys mm-hmm. and so that's how i got along through colorado clutch i met alex gilfrost left guy
0: and yulong uh, the former owners of carbon entertainment that's how i hooked up with them very cool. That's a, it is a, it is a brief kind of entrance into the mind of of somebody who's works in esports because I think we all do kind of come from some sort of gaming background. Like would you say that before you had gone to that Barcraft, did you were you like an avid gamer? Like what So I was an avid gamer. I okay. wouldn't say that I was a consumer yet, right?
1: In terms okay, of like sure. watching esports, right? Sure. I didn't know who Taste Hostess was at the time. This was a very long time ago. Um and so yeah, and and so I played mostly fighting games my whole life, all really? the way up until I saw Barcraft. Yeah, Street Fighter Two, Cammy Main. Um, I was Very I was pretty good at Street Fighter, uh, Super Street Fighter, uh, actually, Ultra Street Fighter Four, um, uh, as well. Uh, and I just like I just never got past the point where, um, I felt confident enough to like play play that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't. I think back then I wasn't aware that there were opportunities maybe to be a mm. professional Street Fighter player. Um, uh, but Barcraft was my first like introduction to actual esports and seeing people make like seeing it as a business mm. right and that was something i think that really spoke to me and that initially was like i can consume now but eventually turned into i want to be up there cause i right. think i can
0: sure um it's, especially after that hearthstone cast for sure and 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 that's really it, you mentioned fighting games and i think that's super interesting because i like to in a weird kind of um very selfish way. I like to kind of like psychoanalyze people. So on like a previous podcast, I had IO Stux on and He was like, kind of like describing things. And he mentioned like all yeah. Warcraft, warcraft i like, Oh, you're a mage player. Right. And he's like, Whoa, dude, how did you know that? And I would have never guessed you would have played Cammy. I was like, maybe Sagat, like maybe some Ryu, <laughs> evil Ryu a little bit.
1: Um, I it's like Cammy because I like characters that make other people destroy their equipment. Oh, so you're, you're and like a rage inducer. Yeah. 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 I'm a rage baiter. Okay. Pretty okay. like, it's so like, it's like, don't spam cannon, you know, cannon yeah, kick, yeah. right? Sure. And then it's like, or cannon spike. And it's like, okay, sure. And I do. <laughs> and then it's kind of like when you lose against someone who button mashes. Yes. And you're right? just right? like, just you don't even so... know
0: what you're doing. And you're still being yeah. like, it just <laughs> feels, feels bad.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just happen to press the buttons in the right thing um but yeah it can't be just Cammy, like i don't know what it was yeah. it really spoke to me i played um this is actually interesting I, I wonder if there's some type of psychology involved but uh maybe throughout my life i've actually favored female characters in even to this day in most games that i play i don't mm-hmm. know why i just i just i'm, I'm you drawn tend to, to gravitate towards them yeah like for overwatch it was tracer like immediately i was like i'm gonna be a tracer main right Mm -hmm. and then uh, um eventually it was diva right but back in street fighter it was Chun Li and cammy all the way for a bunch of them right uh when cammy wasn't in the game it just didn't just didn't player
0: (laughs) yes no cammy um, no buy i'm just simple man Yeah,
1: and i think my parents really didn't like her like outfit and i mean yeah (laughs) just a straight
0: up like one piece bathing suit like i can definitely kind of understand that (laughs)
1: if i didn't realize i was uh that might have been my parents' first clue that maybe, maybe. I wasn't that's it that's right
0: that's interesting <laughs> that, that Cam- is- I play Cammy because of the moves not because of the pants like or oh, lack of so for instance like you played league or, yeah. or, how, or did you play league i did play league i played a lot of league i still do are you a jungler
1: i'm i i, I was back in oh, the day. okay okay i'll take that yeah. I'll, I'll take it yeah i i, I was did you play uh, shavana I, I was more of an Amumu
0: Grammas okay, okay. back in the day, so that's classic, yes, right? Yes, very much stack um, six on fire capes, run it up, mid. My f-
1: yeah, but my <laughs> first ever, because I was playing with some um, old friends, because at the time my ex was just, like, way better than me. and sure, put me sure. on a port. And um, Leona was my Fair, first yes. ever like first I... love, and then Lux. Like I think everyone that's ever yeah. played League of Legends have ha- has had a Lux it's fun. moment. Yeah, you yeah. You can um, shield. Free- there's lots of cool abilities. There's a reason why she's so popular. Yeah. Um well been. and uh, yeah, and then I've been kind of like going around. Right now, I'm playing mostly support with Mister Kenobi. Um, Kenobi and- eighty
0: carry, is that right? Kenobi
1: eighty carry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, man, that's been that's been super cool. Um, and,
0: of course Apex Legends, dude. Yes. I mean that's the that's the hotness right now. Are you a Wraith main? I am a Wraith main. That, that is I think we're kindred spirits. I, I played Leona, got to gold, got my little reward once, and I was like, Alright, I'm cool with this. Yeah, yeah, I like exactly. Wraith. I like the vertical mobility. She looks cool. I don't know why she pumps her arms when uh, her character model is like a Naruto run, like
1: <laughs> I no love the Naruto
0: run. Yeah man. It was
1: like one of the first things I saw when I didn't play Raid for the first time. And then I was <laughs> like, man, this is perfect.
0: I love this game. It was like one of those like cherries cherry on top. Yeah. No, okay. And, and this is something we don't necessarily have to dive into, but like, do you like anime at all? Like are we are we down so, with it?
1: Um I, I don't judge. Fair. I
0: am. I am very open to
1: it. So okay. again, like this actually goes a little bit to my past. So when I was like in high school and my early years in college, I like really cared about being cool and popular. Sure, and, of course, good. Um, and and then I just didn't really do any. I like l- I didn't play many games. I played League in college. Like once I met my you know ex at the time when I was mm-hmm. a junior. Um, but um, you know throughout throughout the history of just ha- how how I got here. Sure. I forgot what I was saying. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No,
0: you're good, dude. It happens.
1: <laughs> I don't even remember um, what question I asked to be honestly. Yeah, it was something it was something along the lines of... Oh, anime. And yes. so, like, um, uh, after I met my current husband, um, he was super into board games, Ooh. and he had me play uh, Dungeons & Dragons for the first Ooh. time, and I think I just needed, like, that first kind of bite. Sure. Right? Because I'm a little intimidated by it, to be completely honest. Yeah, and, it like, is weird. I've, I've watched a little bit of Full Metal Alchemist. I've watched, like, the <sighs> casual... You know, animes out there, a couple Dorudos here and there, and whatever's on Toonami when it's on, because I forget it's not uh, Adult Swim on the weekends, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I want to get into it. One Punch Hmm. Man, I feel like, is calling my name. Uh, Because any clips I see do actually kind of crack me up. There's yeah. actually a really cool edit, cross edit of One Punch Man uh facing Cell in Dragon Ball Abridged. Um, that's really good. But um But yeah, so that's kind of that's my that's my opinion on anime. Like things change for sure. I think yeah, I'm yeah, a lot yeah. more open to uh to kind of like consuming at this point. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's kinda like to me it kind of reminds me of a hobby, right? I think I kinda like there's like an investment that I need, yeah, to make it and is, I need to be
0: ready for it. It does feel like you're you're getting into like a very like uh a very popular show that's going on, whether it be like Westworld or whatever, like uh, Game of Thrones, like there is like a level of investment that like everybody's doing it. So like you kind of want to keep up and there's talking points there and it's fun and it's kind of, you know, in pop culture. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned Wraith, and I thought I I take a jab at it. Take, love it. I love it. I thought Wraith. I'd take a stab at at, at the animes, but you miss 100
1: percent uh, of the shots you don't take. There you Show go. Stuff. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, life
1: lessons from the teacher himself. There it is. Does Kenobi play Caitlyn? Uh, Kenobi does play Caitlyn. Yes. Let's <laughs> Caitlin go. Siver.
0: He's actually a baller, Siver dude. Super I, that, good. That 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 feels like a very Kenobi character. Kenobi, if yep. you're watching, no judgment. <laughs> I do appreciate the the calculated. Siver plays and zoning people out with Caitlin. So, you know what? Chest me up, baby. That's what I got to say. Now, from the teaching background, before the show, we talked about some collegiate stuff. And you seem to be very, very, very prominently excitable about collegiate esports. Do you want to kind of dive into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think it's just kind of one of those... I think esports has been called a Wild West for a very long mm. time, right? And it's all about... It's It's almost like Manifest Destiny in terms of how people <laughs> approach it. It's, this is my spot. Sure. And if my square doesn't work, it'll just join the other squares that didn't work. But if it does, it's going to make a ton of money. Sure. Right? And so... Um, I think collegiate esports is just one of those things that because it's attached to an educational institution, it's a little bit more intimidating to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I think there is so much value in terms of providing kids an opportunity, especially kids that are now going into college, that have been playing these games for so long, an opportunity to come together and socialize, right? Um, I think my my biggest latent thing was I was in marching band my first mm-hmm. year of college, um, marching the sousaphone at University of Colorado. And um, while I hated marching band at the time, my friends were awesome, sure. right? And so like just being around a team like that overall made my experience better. And I think if you can offer that at a collegiate level when it comes to gaming, it both legitimizes gaming in general, mm-hmm. um, the more colleges that do approach it. And two, it provides opportunities for children uh, not children for young adults and growing adults to grow sure right and then when they go to that next level you're teaching them like skills Mm -hmm. like working in groups uh talking to each other communications those soft skills that you don't necessarily learn in class that you do learn in these situations and um, i think gaming really lends itself to to that kind of learning and so that's not competitive, but all, that's the stuff I think it really offers. Mm-hmm. You add that competitive aspect to it, then you have a feeder system. Like, I would love a world where there's, like, a, a draft, kind of like the NFL draft, where um, – either contenders or maybe it's collegiate mm-hmm. in the, in, in the in 10 years in the future or sure. something um, that, you know, there's like feeder systems into these leagues mm-hmm. and if they can be ingrained within colleges, um, there are some colleges out there that have amazing teams. UC Irvine, yep. of course, um, Carlton up in Canada, a mm-hmm. um, couple, couple Canadian schools actually very prominent in the esports world. Um, University of Utah, uh, University of Colorado has one. And every time I, I talk to these people, it's just full of passion. Mm. And there's just not a lot of, support within within their field right so it's i think that's one of the one of the challenges but what's what excites me the most is the educational aspect to it that Mm. um i think amateur sports kind of lends itself to and two there's something i like about when games aren't clean when it comes to like a professional level right and this is why i love south american competitors, right (laughs) I, i i i like, I love South American contenders, mm-hmm. like, so, so much. They play with the passion that I think is hard to, like, like eh, to find anywhere else, right? Sure. That kind of passion. There's passion everywhere, but, mm-hmm. you know, that South American passion is just is huge. Um, I wouldn't say that it's the cleanest Overwatch in the world, right? But Probably at the not, same no. time, you know, at the same time, I think it's super entertaining because everyone's just going yeah, for Yeah, it's Endear, it, right? Yeah, and I think college sports kind of remind me of the same way and so i'm drawing a little bit of those kind of like connections to to you know to support myself in in my head in terms of what i think it could be (laughs) sure but
0: that's what's most exciting for me in terms of collegiate esports I, i really do enjoy the point you made up about or brought up about the educational aspect because i think as we see throughout the history of esports you you tend to see people come in that are you know lacking life skills in some sense, you know, whether they Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily super social or, you know, they don't really know how to, deal with this, this sudden burst of exposure that you wouldn't normally get just kind of just playing games, hanging out, you know, just being a normal guy or gal. And now you're just, you know, the hotness in this weird community that you really kind of were kind of into, but now now you're just kind of thrust in the middle of it and you don't really know yeah. what to do. And that can, that can be really, really like detrimental for some people. And I, I draw this parallel from a conversation I had with a couple other people um, in, in talking about how I would kind of not solve it, but I think collegiate esports and even high school esports, you know, when you look at high school graduates, especially when it comes like, you know, traditional sports, they're already starting to be scouted and and drafted and kind Mm -hmm. of molded. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you get to learn the ropes along the way, and then you get to go to college and in college, you learn from your coach and you learn specific things, whether it's, you know, like you said, working with a team communication, you know, just as much as like, not doing your taxes, but there's like some very applicable skills that you learn from just yes. all of that experience that a lot of the esports athletes of today just don't have because none of those structures are set in place. So, like, would you, how, where do you fall on the fence of like um, that kind of aspect? I would love more structure just
1: in general. I <laughs> sure. think, I think like esports deserves a little bit of structure. I, mm. I think like the hard part, like I said earlier, it's manifest destiny, right? And so I think there needs to be a little bit of a correction to understand what structure is going to sure. be the best kind, right? And it's different per game economy, mm-hmm. in my opinion, too. And so, like, I you're not going to run Overwatch League the same as. League of Legends yeah, right, right. Uh, you're gonna draw influence right it's kind like sure, of like that old traditional sports to esports like draw influence don't copy mm-hmm. right or even when you're a caster right draw influence don't be another person because exactly. that person already exists and so I think the structure will really really help and there are definitely some schools with that structure and you'll see these kids be very successful um, because they're provided those opportunities it's all about access mm. right and that's that's education in general when children have access they will drive their own learning it's a lot of the times the adults that stop exploration because either they don't know where they're going right. they don't uh, the the adult thinks it's not important or they're unaware right hmm. and so i think esports falls into this sure. especially with some of the older generation where video games to them are mario they yes, can't fathom exactly. like the competitive aspect of overwatch right i don't think that person necessarily i think sometimes they can but it'll mm-hmm. be much harder to convince them otherwise right and so that contributes to that lack of structure is just the lack of knowing within these organizations, within these colleges, because every college that's doing well has a sort of evangelist type of person, right? Sure. Who like brought up the cause, you know, did all the talking got got the clubs going we Mm -hmm. went from a club and now we're competing in the pac 12 and you know and all of this stuff and it takes that to start these things but i hope one day when everyone's a little bit more aware i think robotics kind of draws some latent things too where people are afraid of robots so they just don't interact with them sure and so i think there's a little bit of that in esports right mm. there's just just a little bit of fear and the fact that it's not knowing and there sure. is no structure right yeah. now and so once that's there i could totally see a world where you know we see nba teams scout uh oh, college teams are like signs 12 year old you know to full ride scholarship sure. to you know cincinnati right i do see a world where that could happen in mm-hmm. esports one day um but i do think there's going to be a little bit of a correction to start and i think um Cutting a little bit of the the loose weight is going to be good because mm-hmm. um, I think there is a lot of bad esports. Yeah, and if you're capitalizing the s, you're you're part of the problem. Um,
0: <laughs> no hyphens, none of that. Get that garbage no out hyphens. of here. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but you know, that's my kind of like roundabout way of okay. just saying there is no structure. No. People who have gotten structure have done it on their own. Mm-hmm. But once we've figured out exactly how to do it. And like how to kind of talk about it, too, mm-hmm. I think is, is a big thing um, and portray esports, not just as a competitive aspect, but a friendship making life changing experience yeah. like it was for me. Um, it, I think a lot more people will be more inclined to explore because
0: at this point, I don't even think some people are even inclined to explore it. No, I, I mean. To dive into a personal anecdote, I recently had to explain what I did to um, a group of, uh, you know, three very lovely 70 plus year old white women. And. It was, it was, you know, the average. You know, this is gaming, and like, this is what I do, and I talk about this stuff, and like, they were interested, and they, they were, they were very unjudgmental, which was nice because you know, you do get those people who are like, oh, gaming, yeah. this, that, the other thing, and I've, and I've been very passionate about this. I, I literally wrote a five-page essay in like 2011 <laughs> for my junior year, like that, like my teacher let me write about whatever I wanted. It was about like MLG Columbus. It was great. I wish I had it, but I don't. Um, and, and I explained it to them. Through the lens of the Overwatch League because it's you know what I'm most into right now and it's the most acceptable it ha it draws the most acceptable conclusions like um you know it has ESPN and it's on TV and look at like we're mm-hmm. selling at the Barclays Center um and, and we can nitpick about the Overwatch League all we want but it does do a a justice for I think esports and competitive gaming in general one hundred percent you know it, it it does add a legitimacy that is needed you know um we can. We can argue to the cows come home about if we need to be legitimate or not, but to grow and be, um, outward reaching and, and build that kind of friendship and well, will not build that friendship, but build the structure that conduce is conducive to that friendship and, and, um, very traditional sports minded focus, if that makes sense mm-hmm. through college and, and those feeder systems, it has to be legitimate and people have to see a reason and, and a want to do it. So no, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, uh, man, I think awareness is the first start of any movement, right? Sure. And I, think, I think
1: eSports people are aware of now, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, what's that next step, right? It's having a place that's, I think the eSports, eSports in general are pretty fractured, I think, inherently yes, because yes. of the games that we play, right? There's the FGC, FGC then the LEC and the LCS mm-hmm. and the Overwatch League, you know, Rocket League. You know, everyone has like their own league. Right. And some of the sponsors are going to be the same, but it's still fractured within those communities. So I think information can be hard to find Mm. because there's 30 articles about the same thing. Yes. Right. And so um, it's just so um what's the word i'm looking for there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there not mm-hmm. all of it it's saturated right sure. the information is very saturated and there's a lot of bad and good information and as of right now i think people are having a hard time filtering through what those things are so i think we've got that first step with overwatch league especially with that awareness aspect mm-hmm. that next step is kind of like is that structure right is that pipeline it's that Um, How do we maintain because Mm. everyone knows that esports is popular, but no one has been able to prove that they can maintain these revenues outside of like the big three, which is like Dota, Counter-Strike and Law, right?
0: And that's, you know, we, we got Coca-Cola, you know, and this is being recorded on Valentine's Day, uh, the day <laughs> of the opening of Season 2 for the Overwatch League, just for, you know, full disclosure. That's um, why you
1: were being so nice to me earlier, telling me how interesting I am. Oh, of course, right? you know, big
0: kiss up. Yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned, especially, you know, we, we've talked about games, but you actually work with games. You know, I, I've seen yeah. your products firsthand. <laughs> because you've been so kind and, and treated me to to seeing those, and they've been you know incredible. And every time I every time I um, I, I've, I recently was at like a couple museums, and they had <laughs> something very similar. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I wonder if, if Boop that. made that. Yeah. So, um, uh,
1: yeah, I'm so lucky. Like just just to start things out, I really mm. appreciate my life because my day job's boss, like she is probably one of the most supportive when it comes to my esports career sure um she told me over the last month so i work on commission so it's a little easier for her to do but like i don't have to right mm-hmm. and they're they're not in like i do business development for the company so just kind of like uh a summary is i sell interactive technologies and games to theme parks museums and entertainment centers and so uh for those at home that don't know it's a lot of vr it's a lot of ar but it's a lot of like interactive human-centered input sure. you like wave at a camera and it, it waves back mm-hmm. um You saw the stuff at the NFL Museum. Um, We do a lot of tables. But um, uh, we are such a niche company, right? We only need three to four sales a year to, like, really prop us up Hmm. uh, for the year. Because what we sell is expensive, admittedly. Fair. And so... um, What's been what's been super interesting is like I was the only Visdev person, but when I left for Contenders earlier this year, she was like, I want you to take three months. We will support you in any way. If you oh. need you know, if you need some hours, we'll we'll give you those hours just so you can maintain, but you need to go for this. And they they because I, I was like nervous to tell them. I was like, I'm leaving sure. for, you know, five and a half, six weeks. And they're like so so happy for me Aww. and and That's they're so nice. hyper supportive and um so i just wanted to shout them out yeah, just for yeah. A second. but but yeah being it's i'm so lucky to be able to go like to theme parks for work and then, and then and then write them off as a tax expense sure and then go cast overwatch contenders and have a blast doing it right like i know how lucky i am i just can't wait for um kind of all of these things that i've been working on to all come together because they're all like pretty related like Mm -hmm. because you know we're i'm still kind of breaking into that casting area uh as you know i was i was more well known for some shoulder content stuff back in the day Mm -hmm. um but now like i can't wait till like i can be like an adult in the world and do business and like talk about my own contracts and like use the stuff that i learned at boulder games talking to and you know talking to disney all the time doing all this business development that that I had done and using that in the esports world, I'm like really excited about. And so gaming has been a part of my whole life, my day job, my, my casting. I wanted to be surrounded by it all the time. And I'm Mm going to do as much as I can to make sure that keeps happening.
0: Is there a, a, you know, a multiverse that, uh, you end up working with an org to to further business development for them in esports is that a, is that a thing that you've pondered on so this is a um uh, so i go through cycles
1: man okay. and so uh, we we talked we talked about this earlier on because i was told for a very very long time by almost everybody that's ever heard me cast and host that mm-hmm. if i was going to make it in esports it would be as a host sure um I actually thought it would be in business development as part of an org, right? That that would be at this point kind of this is before contenders and actually a sure. little bit before BGG um where you know it was like that would be easier. That was that mm. would just it would be easier for me to get a gig as a biz dev person for for Blizzard than, sure. than something else. But there's something about there's a major difference between that sales aspect that if I can make it educational, and, and esports is easy to do that because a lot of business development esports is sure. kind of teaching people about mm-hmm. it, why they should care. And um, that's really exciting to me, but there's something about, like I said, I was a tuba player back in the day casting that is honing a craft that's never gonna be perfect, mm. that is it's so exhilarating to me. Yeah. And so while I would say that like doing business development um, uh, to be completely open is 100% my backup plan, <laughs> Um uh, and, and like my way out because uh I think I do well in that field mm-hmm. but as of right now I, I want to hone a craft and okay. I'm not there yet and I'm not at a position where I want to where I feel like I'm at a place where I I
0: I, I can stop right yeah <laughs> so I mean you're uh, you're on the skyrocket upwards so why quit here you know what I mean yeah hopefully you're... I mean obviously the goal
1: is Overwatch League right but there's still a lot of stuff to do um in terms of improvement uh that you know I'm that's just like I'm starting to learn now too because I remember this learning an instrument some things just happen so fast and there's just some things Mm -hmm. in my casting that I that I'm having such a hard time fixing right now right like something as simple as talking slower sure I have to actively think about talking slower it doesn't just happen and I like that's been hard right so and and the constant failure of oh I need to do this I need to do this can Mm -hmm. be very difficult that you don't really get in like that business you know biz dev world Um, That's fair yeah, and when you're casting you're you're putting yourself out there. Again, it's a craft and mm-hmm. it's like putting an artwork up in a gallery or or playing a piece. It's um uh, you you're putting yourself out there and when people, you know, like it or don't like it, it affects you, right? Yep. And so it's uh, that's also something that, you know, I feel like I'm I'm growing in, it's just handling handling that aspect of inherently at this point and actually, one of the Overwatch League uh, casters told me this too: is you, we want people to dislike certain mm-hmm. casters, like certain casters, sure. right? Because if everyone disliked or liked everybody, then there wouldn't be enough variety for 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 a wider audience that Overwatch League is going for. And so, um, uh, yeah, and so that's kind of that's kind of what I think about all that, man. So I know I could be I can be a little loquacious, but I get
0: there. Good eventually. word. Good word scrabble yeah. word right there i must remember that. It that and cantankerous i love that word <laughs> we've been playing a lot of like jackbox party games there's love like it. this weird like rap battle game and i'm just trying oh, to fit epic cantank- battles yes. i love it yeah I'm trying man. to fit cantankerous on one of them i keep forgetting but i'm gonna have to try <laughs> now like you mentioned previously you started in hearthstone is that accurate or is there some yes. backstory before that that I'm not necessarily That was
1: the to? first time I casted, like, on a mic in front of a camera.
0: So walk me through your now husband, correct? Yeah. Holds you up on a pedestal. Chris wants to do this. You get up there and you do it. From yeah. there, what, what happens? Um, so, uh, like I said uh, earlier,
1: I, um, I started working with the Clutch Gaming's team. Mm-hmm. And I had brought in, so I have a, you, you met, you know, Bo yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, um, I brought in Bo, who was an editor for 10 years in local news. Um, and I was like, Hey, this guy can do some of your like content for you. Like mm-hmm. some hype content, like to do some advertisements for clutch Colorado clutch, uh, cause they were, you know, taking some teams to five games, but not winning. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, but we did that. But by the time they actually like had us on and we were working with the team, I had casted some overwatch after the Hearthstone thing. Cause he liked the Hearthstone stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, and then I was uh, kind of, like, GMing Colorado Clutch. Not really. I kind of just showed up and helped the kids, like, do stuff. Sure. Um, and, like, be like, you guys need to eat. Got to drink water. Um, which is super important, actually. Yeah. That was something I learned in that situation was, um, I remember when I was 17, like, I did not take care of myself. And so, uh, um after that, um, they they folded, and Justin was like, hey, we can, we're not going to do – of course you can cast some Overwatch, but we're not going to be hosting the team. There's really not a spot for you. But I know some people at Carbon Entertainment who used to do some League stuff and are looking to get into some Overwatch. And he sent an email out to Alex and mm-hmm. Hugh Long, uh, Alex's left guy, yeah. and they liked me, and they took the recommendation. And the very first broadcast I did with Carbon, I was actually on, – the only time I've ever appeared as an analyst – um, it was the very first time I ever appeared on a carbon series. Um, uh, back then I was wearing, I can't believe I wore this. I was wearing a dinosaur button down
0: and a silver bow I tie. I, remember, I think I remember sifting through carbon's YouTube and seeing them. I'm like, Oh, look, it's Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I mean, yeah. Never, never going to wear that again. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: but, um, but yeah. And so they, it, it was actually really interesting because mm. they were obviously like, um, I think doing a favor for Justin at mm. the time. Mm. Um, I, I, I Or maybe, I don't know, but I think it might've started at that. And then when I was on the analyst, like, uh, I think they liked it. I, I, something that I think I, I could be proud of is I think I have pretty good on-camera presence, yes. uh, especially, in that kind of, <laughs> especially in that kind of situation. Sure. And so I think I impressed them in that sense. They knew I wanted to be a caster, and they were like, well, before before I went on an as list, they were like, hey, if you do a good job, um, it, it might be, you know we're definitely gonna have you cast or do something. Um, mm. Or maybe even a host, because we had an established host, and we weren't mm. going to touch that at the time. Um, and then we did the first Carbon series uh, j- with me casting with Keystone and uh, Alex Gilfrost. And the one of my highlights ever was casting old school, like this is like old school Adam C nine against mm-hmm. Shadowbird Phase Clan. Those right? are some oldies, and, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Some old games. Um, But then after that, a really interesting situation happened to Carbon where um, they landed the Carbon series, like the first kind of like pre-contenders thing. And um, they, uh, you know, of course, uh, they had ideas on what talent would be there. That would be ZP and Hex. Mm -hmm. And uh, that for that first season, Monty and Doa like helped out. Uh, They 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 went there. Uh, That's where I met all those guys for the first time and realized how awesome all of them were. And um, hashtag brown nosing. Uh, And then then they didn't have a spot for any carbon casters because Mm. the only on air personality that they maintained was Alex. Mm -hmm. And he was hosting uh, for that first carbon series. Uh, but Yulong and Alex um, had an idea that they thought that some shoulder content would make Carbon look really good in terms of trying to win contenders, mm-hmm. right? So they, I don't I don't know where it came up, but uh, Alex and I had a conversation. Um, he was telling me what was going down. And we, we came up on a fact of, why don't we do a recap show? And we were like, okay, we can do a recap show of OCS. And so we started, and then I brought Bo back in, who's like my best, best friend, mm-hmm and you know he edited the recap shows we wrote the scripts together uh, and that first season was like we wrote the show and we recorded and it was all done in like a day uh, because like they had to be done by Thursday morning and I think the last game was done at Wednesday night and so we had to like record and then edit and give it to Blizzard for approval within like a short period of time which I think really helped us in terms of like expectations of of how some of this work goes Mm -hmm. Um, and Blizzard really liked the recap show and that was awesome. And then so they actually maintained me for the Boop of the Week and it was a recap show and then the Boop of the Week, which was, I'm going to have to go ahead and say it's uh, it was Bo's idea. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. And because the second he said it, I was like, of course this is happening, right? Um, and then season zero starts and I do um, a Boop of the Week recap of top five there. Mm-hmm. And the top fives were the first time that I was highlighted on the Twitter, the Play Overwatch Twitter. Sure. And um, uh, that's when, like, we started having a ton of fun with these scripts and nice. stuff. Because uh, we actually, at the time, we were, like, thinking about branding and what we wanted to do. And part of me wanted to be, like, you know how your dad says a joke and then no one ever says that joke again? Mm-hmm. We wanted to be that for some of the Twitch memes. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> and so, like, we wanted it to be, like, is this guy in on it? Is he trying too hard? Yeah. Is this, like, a fellow kid situation? Or is he funny? <laughs> like it just kind of like maintain that midline the whole time and i think sure. he did actually a pretty good job um because uh, wh- one of the greatest accomplishments before NA contenders was um i think one of the top 10 clips of season zero is of something from the recap show mm-hmm. which i think is pretty difficult to do it's when i said akm's Widowmaker, he had too much aim and showed like six misses in a row <laughs> and um that's when i was like i think i think i, loved I
0: think this. i think we're i think we're and, onto something here
1: yeah, we're on to something. And then I, like, bungled the opportunity, dude. Like, I was I was there with, like, my content was being shown at Contenders Finals. You know, I was hanging out with everyone that could help me. Sure. Right? And I didn't realize the opportunity that I had because... At the time, I was like, oh, I'm just doing shoulder content, not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, you know, I'm bottom of the barrel for anything. But I totally could have made that something, right? And that mm-hmm. was, like, a huge regret of mine. And so after that, there really wasn't any opportunities. And I had to say, all right, I got this awesome job at Boulder Games. I can go into maybe the business side of esports. Or I can tr- I can try again and kind of do it the right way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And because I, I was up there with Puckett with 40 followers. Yeah. Right. And so like, and so I was like, I was leaning towards quitting at the time, mm. but um, I was, I was working with Wah-wah's boot bootcamp, another old school mm-hmm. kind of uh, a group. Very
0: very nice reference. That's an old Yeah. Name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super, super old. And I had done a couple of their tournaments before and they wanted Alex and I to cast another tournament. And I was totally down. I was like, Oh, this would be a great last one. I know these guys super low pressure. Mm-hmm. And then Alex was like, um, there's this girl that wants to cast. Um, and she's she's pretty green, but I think she's gotten a lot better. at first I was like, I don't know, Alex, you know, there's an opportunity for us to show our stuff. (laughs) Um, And that girl was ham. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I was like, finally, I was like, you know what? That's not like me to like actually say that. I love attention. Sure. But, you know, at the same time, I got to be part of a team. And uh, I met Ham that day. And after our first cast together, I swear to you, I went back home. I talked to John, my husband, and I went, I think, She's the one. I think she's right? the, yeah, the yes, duo. She, I yes, found her. She is. there. I was like, there is something that we did that I don't think I've ever done with anybody else. And that was super mm. exciting. Um, uh, th- this is after, like, casting with a lot of other partners. And, sure. like it was, it was it was pretty frustrating at the time. And then I finally met Ham. And then Ham introduced me to BGG. I started coming to BGG. That's where I met you. Sure. And through BGG, um, we did South American Contenders, which is really where I feel like I found my voice again. Mm. Um, I kind of call it like a redemption arc because I started at a place where I could have done something. If I just asked for help, I'm sure that, you know, anyone would have given it to me at the time. Mm. But I didn't because I was like afraid to ask questions. I was afraid to ask support because I didn't know what to do. Um, After BGG, like I learned exactly what that was like. And, and and like how to how, how to kind of like live in this space and mm. grind right. It was kind of like the first time that I hardcore grinded since like season zero, right? And ham is. <laughs> one of the biggest grinders I have ever, ever seen in my life. Like I would never wake up at three in the morning for anybody else. Right. And so (laughs) like back then at the time, like that's what I would say. But after meeting ham, it was like super fun to grind, right. To be able to do this with somebody else. And like even going over to contenders, uh, you know, having someone so close and so awesome to share that experience with made the whole thing that much better. And I'll never I will always be indebted to Alex and in, in so many ways, but he was the one that set us up and he's a major reason why the both of us are where we are today.
0: Left guy's a puppet string puller, man. He he's a, yeah. he's a behind the scenes guy now, but back in the day he was, uh, he was, uh, he was the hotness. Everybody loved yeah. left guy. And I know that Twitch chat quite enjoyed the boops of the week. I thought they were quite, quite entertaining. they're gonna come back i really really want want them to come back yeah well
1: i think they're just super easy to make i don't know why i can't clip a 20 second clip and just say and this is the boob of the week sure on my twitter right i don't know why i it's because it's the only thing people remember about me
0: right so like why am i not using it it's like
1: i'm I'm stupid i'm back i'm back at season zero chris right i mean Um,
0: (laughs) it's it's also like um it, it kind of falls under that that weird branding thing of like you don't i mean It definitely does help to levy certain things, but I mean, obviously you don't want to lean on it too hard because you don't want to be, like, pigeonholed into, like, I'm the recap guy and I do recap stuff, but I also want to be a caster. You know what I mean? So, like, I can definitely understand, like, why you might not want to because it is something that people very much associate with you and you're not – and again, correct me if I'm wrong – but you're really not looking to pursue that specifically again it's it's good content for your twitter but you're trying to really grind and and pursue the casting and 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 pushing that to the next level
1: yeah definitely and i think like it's not in terms of i don't want to do that i I don't want to do content because um uh, i I did 100 owl last season during owl and what that told me was i think there is like there's some new content that can come out Mm -hmm, right it's just mm -hmm. like like skits and trailers like it's like heavy editing right and Mm -hmm. it can very labor intensive sure. Um, but i really want to kind of like push that stuff a little bit more kind of like to fill, fill it out because that comedy stuff like tim and eric is one of my favorite shows ever and a lot of my <laughs> comedy influences are just like that absurdist like sure you know dave brohl and it's just like stupid <laughs> like uh you know
0: eric um, andre-esque
1: yeah exactly okay. um uh, but like absurdity and uh, i want to i, I want to see a little bit more of that kind of content and i'm going to try to make some more ham and i are going to try to make some more off of the hundred dollar brand as well because you know we made commercials for hand warmers we did the shape of carpet yeah. three fish out of water as a trailer did you guys do the um, um
0: the sanitizer bit i, I think i remember
1: squirt the world yeah, yeah hashtag squirt the world
0: um I, so... <laughs> I think that 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 twitter channel and that youtube is definitely underrated so all you overwatch fans out there that are looking <laughs> for like some kind of overwatch league related humor definitely check out 100 owl it's it's very much influenced from the minds of the the boops of the week very <laughs> very funny so specific humor yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um if you're a
1: stoner. Sure. You like it. Sure. That is what <laughs> just <interesting. laughs> Um uh, no, it, there was so much fun to it, it's just like so fun to like do that kind yeah. of content too. Cuz I think there's a lot of really good educational content that you're a part of, right? Happy Valentine's Day. Yes. And um uh, you know, KT does some really great stuff mm. and a lot of there's a lot of educational stuff out there. Sure. And like I I forget the guy who does it, but there's a guy who does, like, compilations that are really funny. And, like, that's the kind of – that's where I want to go for my content mm-hmm. um, in the future. And so poop of the Week will find its place within that uh, for sure because th- there needs to be serious content too. But yeah. as of right now, those uh, the casting and getting that kind of channel back under control so we can do the Winstons and do cast
0: <sighs> Overwatch, like, figure skating, you know, over All again. right. That's – that's – I mean, I d- I definitely remember the Winstons, but the casting Overwatch like it's figure skating. That's that's got to be some that that that's got to be a new one that I haven't seen, <laughs> haven't caught up with just yet. Yeah, that's a
1: it's a blast from Passage from last season. It's so a be a good recap. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I would I would probably if I were to describe it, I'd probably say it's like the onion. You know those onion. Yeah games? yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like
0: that. That's what that's what we were going for. And I think that is a a niche that has been kind of left open since like the e-sport was it Esports Express a long time ago had like a, a very much like a a satire based like <laughs> news site and I really enjoyed it and then it kinda got like weird yeah, and they closed. There's
1: one for board games. I'm like really on the name right now that is hilarious. Like one of the articles was um a group of friends plan to play D D for the next three weeks. Oh, right. <laughs> like just like they plan and the whole article is that like <laughs> plan on playing and, like, they never do, mm. um, you know, s- s- stuff like that. And so I really, really want to go. Because, like, I had big dreams for a $100 back in the day. And, like, I really wanted it to be, like, I, I had actually reached out to some people to, like, write art, like, uh, spoof articles. Like, that, just like The Onion for Overwatch. Sure. And um, we'll-, we'll get there again. But it's a little bit of a pipe dream right now.
0: I mean, you've got big things working on right now. So it's a passion project, we'll say. Right. There it is. I love it. <laughs> now, can, is it is there a spin-off like D D series in esports that needs to happen? I feel like there is. Well, there's already Critical Role. So at Critical True. Role, is super popular. The voice of McCree is the yes, but I'm mean, like, I want like esports personalities. Like who wouldn't like Monty Day Nine? I don't know Artosis <laughs> and Uber's got to be there. Uber. Like just like everybody in like the biggest names you could think of. I think that would be phenomenally funny and i feel like that would branch down to like our tiny nest egg and i feel like <laughs> yeah, sooner or totally. later like well that'd be fun a, the other thing about esports personalities is we all love attention
1: right yeah like, we, we all I mean, love the honest. loudest person in the room and so like when you do like a acting out kind of game I, it makes it so much better yes right And so, any game i've played like um, there's an awesome game uh, called sheriff of nottingham which is mm. all about lying okay. um you, you're trying to sneak some things through, and you got to like you. You talk to a sheriff. The rule is you have to look the sheriff in the eyes and declare what you have, and you mm. can lie about what you have. Um, and the sheriff decides to open or open or close it. But when I was playing with some of the the casting talent. Um, uh, it was just so much fun. They were so much better than everyone else I had ever played <laughs> with, right? Because everyone is so good at using their words. Yes. And I honestly, all of the casters are really, really intelligent. Like that. That was. That's actually something that, like, thinking back on, where every single one of the casters that I met in season zero were mm-hmm. vi- like an expert in something. Sure. Right. And that was really, really cool. That like it wasn't just gaming. Right. These are these are all men of men of culture. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um. Uh, yeah. But I think it would be awesome to do some esports stuff because yeah. I think the personalities would yes. clash. And- and, like, not just clash, but create these kind of, like, moments of brilliance that
0: are hard to find with just, like, a group of random people. Yeah, like, interviews only go so far until somebody, you know, stabs you in the back and takes your silver pence and steals your horse, you know. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's going to create some drama there. And you're going to see friendships made, you know, friendships break. You that's know, what games are about. Exactly. I always say to my husband that
1: when we play, like, those alternate identity games where sure. there's a lot of lying, that I think it's how we fight healthily. Like, it's how we can, like, get mad at each other without, like, <laughs> like With, it's, it's a it's a it's a weird,
0: like, existential way to vent at each other. It's cathartic, I yeah. think. It's
1: cathartic. Yeah. And so, like, if there's any tension for whatever reason, because I didn't do laundry or something sure. like that,
0: I think a gives a really good way to break that tension. I, I think games in I general like tend to do not very healthy, now that I say that. Well, I mean, it's much better than, you know, bottling it up. It's true. You know, it's true. If if you just want to go have it at have at it at, at Smash or whatever it might be Street Fighter Four and just like I'm gonna fireball you so many times because you didn't walk the dog. Oh man,
1: John is a spammer. I, is he a spammer? For, for sure, he's a projectile spammer in fighting
0: games. If I'm, I hear PK fire one more time. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna just disable these guys are the worst man. <laughs> Items <laughs> on. I know I was just,
1: so so I was like I had to prove a point I was like sure. you gotta turn my items off because I hate RNG RNG has never been something that's worked in my favor in my life sure. except one time on a cruise ship where I went $2,400 playing craps hey and so but I used all of my luck then I <laughs> and so like items just represent that a lot for me but like mm-hmm. I turned them off and we only played them to turn it off and he was like oh I like items I was like you like items
0: all right, let's play with items. <laughs> so we play. I'll, I'll teach you why you shouldn't like items.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I got a Pokeball, and I forgot who was in it, but he died two times because of it. It's like, and all right, no more like, items. Yeah, let's just go ahead. I think I think I know what you mean. Let's go ahead and uh, yeah, play those items.
0: Off. <laughs> <laughs> like you know relationships are open. and and then everybody who's like oh you know melee needs to be a little bit more fun i'm like okay if you want items just play peach you can pull items out of the ground yeah. and sometimes you get fun ones you get a sword yeah. or a bomb like and, cool. and yeah you get a bomb and you don't realize it's in your hand and explodes exactly and then you die yeah, totally. and then you feel bad exactly rng baby <laughs> back on the overwatch train you are the voice i would say of the most fun broadcast that I've been a part of. Well, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know what? Full disclosure here. A lot of people end up in Mute Land because it's hard for me to focus on, you know, the fun aspect of like Uber and, and, and casting this and that. And and it is entertaining. It is, you know, and I get caught up in it. But I'm trying to like focus on the game and like I don't really want to have to go back and watch the pod. So I'm trying to get it done now, right? So like a lot of people end up in Mute Land. You and Ham, yeah, I, I, I don't, you can't. Can't end up in mute It's too fun. <laughs> I think I think they're I think that's a 50-50, and I don't blame the
1: other half. To be completely honest with you, um, so like the uh, I appreciate that, man. That, that sure. means a lot to me. Like I said something on another thing the other day, where it's like I can't believe that people listen to us on purpose, right? Like that, that just like boggles my mind.
0: Isn't that like like you you do bring. Information you bring a lot of entertainment. Like, there's a reason why people enjoy you guys. Like, is, is that feel weird to you? So you know, this is
1: actually a really deep conversation and something that I, I actually love talking okay. about because I think it kind of. Um, well, let's talk about it first, and I can kind of talk about maybe sure. like what it what it feels. So I think in I would love to be an absolute expert at this game, mm-hmm. right and. I do have like, I'm such a broad thinker, right? I don't know if you've ever noticed this mm-hmm. about me, but I'm definitely like, let's go from macro to micro sure. in terms of how we get there. And so like, I think very broadly about things and I really want to sound smart. And I think a lot of things, particularly with play-by-play casters is mm. they tend to fill a lot of their casting with color, right? Because yeah they want to sound smart Mm -hmm. because they they feel like they need to they need to be looked at legitimized
0: yes yeah
1: exactly but i think what that does is just kind of add too many words you've got a color caster and you know there's 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 appropriate places to add that color but it's Mm -hmm. more about how to seamlessly do it in play by play rather than to actually like color try to juggle too many things and you can't focus on your lane exactly and so i think a lot of people struggle with like the fact of i love that we're entertaining mm-hmm. right uh, i love that we we bring a certain amount of energy right but i think the both of us um it's hard not to be like we want to like we want to be that might not be exactly how we want to be perceived right okay sure if, if that makes sense yeah, even, of though course. Know, even though we know that's how it's going to be and we mm-hmm. just need to accept it and at the very beginning, I think we kind of struggled with that. Mm. Now we're kind of like, "Fuck you guys, you are ham and boop," right? But like back <laughs> in the day, like I actually think you can you can tell it was like, um, uh, you know, we were trying to be like professionals, mm. right? And, and, and what that entails that came with that stress, and I think it hurt the product a little bit. Sure. Um, and so there's a lot of like back and forth when it comes to that mentality of. You know i love being entertaining but throughout my whole life i've always been the host or sure. you know the guy who presents i've been mm-hmm. the entertaining one and i know i'm good at that i want to be i want to be kind of i want someone to say that something that i'm like working on like the talking slowly thing once someone's like chris i could tell you're talking slower i'm gonna be like oh my god <laughs> right <laughs> that that like means a lot to me yes and um that's the type of stuff that like I'm not hearing right now because I'm still working on it. Sure. Right. And so I'm sure you guys get it. It's like, yeah, there there is that kind of balance of I know, I know we're entertaining and we can really lead into that, but I also want to offer something else and we're not really hearing that part of it, if it's happening or not. Right. And either way. Mm -hmm. And so um, I appreciate, like, the reason why I appreciate you saying that is because it's like, I, it's hard, I think, for me sometimes to value that entertainment aspect, mm. right, as something that is legitimate sure. and not just, like, part of the process, mm-hmm. right? And to
0: understand that that is a skill that's also hard. And right? that's and exactly I think- where I wanted to transition, where, like, yes, you guys are, like, the, you know, the the token entertaining duo, right? But I think mm-hmm. all – I mean, again, I'm not a caster. I've never really studied this. I've never even tried. I don't think it'd be very good, to be honest. But – I, I, I think entertaining people is probably the hardest aspect. And and I think you both at times give yourself l- a lot of non-credit. I, I backed myself in the corner in that sense. But I don't think you guys give yourself a lot of credit when it comes to like your in-game intelligence, right? I, I've worked you. with you. And you've like – there's very specifically – I have a visceral memory of – I think it was Karasuno in like the OD finals. They are playing on Oasis University. And we were bantering back and forth about, I like the Roadhog because I can pull people in into the lower pit and that's effectively a kill. And you're like, no, I think Zarya is really important in this map. There's so many chokes. I think Grav's really important. And having high charge on this map is, like, just a game winner, like you hold. And I'm like, you sold me. I, you know what? I can't argue with that.
1: <laughs> I remember that because I actually remember your voice changing, yeah. right? And be like, I think... I think i'm right right like because you were that was actually one of the first times i think i ever talked to you Mm -hmm. i was actually a little intimidated because i consider you like a big brain in this world right and so like happy valentine's i was like (laughs) i was like so afraid that like whatever i would say sure like like, i'd sound stupid no right and that goes like with our old conversation like Mm -hmm. i wasn't even on cast right this is just something i'm worried about in general so like um i remember that i remember that Mm -hmm. being like a really positive experience because i ended up being a whole awesome conversation with like a bunch of people from what I remember. Yeah.
0: And that was, that was, that was awesome. So that's cool, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, I've talked to both of you kind of privately and you guys are smart <laughs> and you're entertaining. And I think that's the hardest part is getting people to like unmute the stream. You know, I, everybody yeah. has their opinions on casters, but I think you guys have a great, foot forward in in the synergy department you're not kind of rotating around you know trying to find the right pairing like you guys gel and you can tell you can tell twitch chat just it's comforting it's like a a warm of chicken noodle soup it's like a cozy blanket (laughs) get to snuggle up with ham and boop and watch some overwatch you know what i
1: mean yeah i think if i were to draw like a person that we're like really like someone that i think we're kind of emulating in Mm -hmm. the in the league world is kobe sure you know and how like authentic i mm-hmm. feel like kobe is right and we we love overwatch and if you've ever heard of ham and i watching south american contenders when we're not casting it is absolutely hilarious right <laughs> and so like we like all the sounds that ham makes like on cash he's making when we're watching too right and so like all those oos and ahs like we very much so. Freaking love this. Like, if anything, you guys tone it, it down a little Overwatch.
0: bit on broadcast because it yeah, would yeah. just be like a, a a nonverbal kind of guttural sound. Yeah,
1: all the yeah. time. yeah. And um, it definitely almost fell off my chair just then. Um, <laughs> but like the, I think overall, like, I think what you you nailed it when it comes mm. to working with Ham is I feel that casting with her, mm. right? And we have so much fun when we cast with each other, and we we do such stupid things that like. I'm so glad I have a partner that like, cause something I do is I'm going to go a hundred percent in, yes. even if I think it's wrong because I need to know why it's wrong. Exactly. Right. And so when we do our bits, not all of them land, but like <laughs> we're, we're, we're 100% in on these bits. Right. Yeah. And we, we really commit to, to, to our style and what we do. And, um, it, it's nice to hear that, uh, it's, it's, it's effective in yes. that way because it's, um, you know, it, it's kind of like sometimes when your mom is like, you're handsome. It's
0: like, but, but am I, though? I don't
1: know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um uh... – in the end, it does none of that even really matters. Whatever yes. people say on Twitch chat or Reddit or Twitter, whether it's positive or negative, mm-hmm. doesn't matter because what matters in the end is Ham and I. I want to reach a peak that I don't think we have reached yet. Sure, and um, it's all about getting there.
0: Of course, of course, 100. percent And you know what? I'm I, I'd be remiss in in not saying that I've I haven't heard the term Grandma Juice being used a couple times. <laughs> in in the She's not even a real grandma I'm no it. but it's 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 hilarious and it's <laughs> it's something that you've both kind of created and just ran with and it's funny and people love it and it's starting like to batty chatty exactly exactly yep i appreciate that man yeah. it's, it's
1: hard to like it's hard to hear that you know uh, you know it's hard to hear those kinds of things and like receive compliments right but oh i i'm, I,
0: I'm to... very you know ditto yeah, yeah. I but understand. I think you know
1: it, it's like one of my things where it's like people don't say these things for no reason, mm-hmm. right? And instead of like focusing in on all that negative, like I think people just don't hear the positive sometimes. Sure. And it's it's good for us to kind of sit in it and know that hey, like <laughs> like this is a good thing, right? And I'm 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 so I'm so I'm so happy to be a part of to be a part of it and mm-hmm. entertain. Yeah, uh, people like you, Valamel, because it, it think, really, really I matters think, yeah. to to me, and I know it matters to Ham to provide an entertaining um, experience and educational um, for the viewers uh, that they can take something out of, yeah. or that, that they'll remember one thing hopefully from this cast that they'll be like, "Oh, Ham and Boop." They'll either shake their head, or they'll laugh, or they'll, <laughs> or they'll sigh. But they'll it's their names. effective. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it <laughs> permeates. Exactly. And so, um, but in
0: the end, it's again all about doing doing the best we can and working hard yeah and and that's where you know something that i've taken away from a lot of my interviews especially with like coaches and stuff um is learning when to be like the doting the doting mother and like the you know hard father right like just Mm like the kind of like you know push you go be go a little bit harder i don't think i need to push you guys you know what i mean like i don't i don't think i need to like push you two, in terms of just like the feedback that I engage with you with, because I know ham grinds and I know that you've just been doing this for, for literally <laughs> ever. So I, I don't yeah. think I need to. I think it's the other way. And I think I like you are smart. You are intelligent. Like, get out there. Say like the, the weird quips. Tie in that intel, like that, that, that game knowledge that I know you both have. But it, sometimes maybe it's and, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. You don't feel super confident in saying it because you feel like it's going to be wrong. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Okay. I think that's actually something that a lot of casters
1: struggle with sure. just in general. Um, uh, one of the Overwatch League casters way back in the day said, uh, if I were to give you one piece of advice, when you're on cast, you have to have an opinion. Yeah. Right? If you don't have an opinion, then it's not good information. Because when you're wrong about an opinion, you learn from that. Exactly. And the audience learns from it. When you're right, you learn and the audience learns. Mm-hmm. But if if you're kind of waffling, then and in, in maybe land, then no one's really getting anything because exactly. everything might happen, right? And so, um, again, like things like mm-hmm. talking about what you didn't see or talking about why you were wrong are all like fine to do. Sure. Um, I think it's just hard for us sometimes, especially those that are like working their way up uh, right now, to believe that. Mm right to believe that that's okay because i think individually we all have to get there ourselves Yes. Uh, it, it, like in the end and other people can tell you but like i remember one time um like doing a cast and you know on both sides that like it was it was the same day it was the recap show mm-hmm. um the european one i don't think was that great in the in the chat didn't think it was that great the sure. na one was awesome right mm-hmm. um but uh and, and and twitch i thought it was awesome but then i had to realize the fact that like why am i catering content to other people yeah. when the reason why i think na is awesome was because like Bo and i worked on it and it was ours yeah right and that was a, the same thing with 100 owls so mm-hmm. i think that's just kind of a process people have to go through and i'd be lying to you if i'm done with that process yeah, still i think it. we're.
0: i mean i think everybody in any kind of creative sense has that whether you're an artist whether you're a writer whether you're a performer like There is a level of anxiety of putting yourself out there and and you don't want to you don't want to make an ass of yourself, you know, and then that's the bottom. That's the bottom line. But sometimes you just have to, you know, if you go back and read some of my old stuff like there's some really cringy shit, man. (laughs) Not going to go
1: back. You go back and watch that phase clan. Sure. Holy mackerel. I said some bad things, but you color
0: caster. (laughs) But you take you learn from it. You take stuff away from it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we learned more from our failures than our successes. Exactly. Um, ten and, times out of ten.
0: And it's so like cliche to say, but it's so true at the same time. And, and that's why people say it. And mm-hmm. like that's that that's mm-hmm. another like like, I don't know. I watched Oprah as a kid, guys. Come at oh, me, okay? Love Oprah. <laughs> it was an <laughs> aha moment for me. Like, oh, like when people say this stuff and it's super cliche, like it's true. And it makes sense. Yeah. Well, also I think something that I realized
1: um, the the, the need to be an individual is really high, right? So something that um, I personally am working on is like I can be extra sometimes, but like I can go one step too far a lot of the time, right? Where I have a really good joke, but then I add one more line to it. Like everyone laughed and then I add another line and And then then it was just like, oh. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so kind of like everyone really wants to be the individual, but everything that we do in life is a combination of things that we know work, mm-hmm. right? And then we build off of that. Yes. And the individual, I think, is created through that exploration process and mm-hmm. how we handle certain certain situations. And so I think combined with, like, I'm trying to be funny, I'm trying to be, you know, noticed. Uh, sure. And I'm talking about young casters here. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to be noticed, I'm trying to be funny with, I also have to be knowledgeable. Um, that can be hard to just, like, think about mm-hmm. and, and, and perform with. And so that's part of that growing process as a caster is like reconciling that and knowing that I can do my thing. I'm going to get VOD reviews. Feedback is like, don't be, you know, don't be a sponge, be a filter, right? Not sure. everyone gives good feedback. Yeah. And um, there's canned feedback too that that people get all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when you receive good f- feedback, you have to know. But in the end, like you have to reconcile that with yourself and that's a learning process and we're all still going through that and and, and so many other aspects of our lives but i think casting kind of you know is is like really like you really just can't care about what other, you know like what other people think outside of what you think of your product right no 100%. that's that
0: dude that's hard we're, that's I that's life you yeah, know, man. if if you want and this is something that I've learned kind of through osmosis of like learn or, or consuming content from coaches and other kind of esports and and other kind of competitive facets. Um, when you want to get better at something, you still have to follow those same axioms and say, you know what? I, I don't care if I'm in silver. It doesn't matter to me. I'm trying to get better. I don't care that I'm a support main and you think my champion's boring. I, I, am this is, this is how I think I should be getting better. This is how my teacher, you know, says I should be doing this and this, like, I don't care. Like, I just want to improve. Um, yeah. And I think that's life, you know? Yeah. I remember like being younger and even still today, just
1: being able to like, it's like the pride gets in the way sometimes, yes. right? Yes. It's, it's so hard to admit that you need help, mm. but But I think in the end, I think people just underutilize their support systems immensely. Of course. Right. And there are people in this world that we don't even that would 100% support us that we would never even think about at Mm -hmm. this point. Right. It's 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 kind of like that spotlight effect is whatever I do is the major thing. Right. And so when I say something stupid, I might not hang out with those people again, even though those people don't remember. I remember the exactly on me. Right. And so that's really tough. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of working through that. And then there's that pride thing, like I said, where it's like admitting that you need help. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so, so hard. And that's why I think people don't seek VOD reviews and people don't seek, um, you know, things that will tell them what they're doing wrong. Yeah. Right. It's a very fixed mindset, not really like a growth type of mindset. And, Again, I think the people who are better at mm-hmm. being part of that growth mindset, wanting to constantly improve, I can tell you for a fact, every one of those Overwatch League casters are constantly trying to improve, yep. right? And so I'm trying to take from them and being like, hey, you know, of anybody, you guys could be resting on your laurels right now, mm-hmm. right? But you're not. And that is really, um, it, it makes me work harder, yeah. right? And I I... I and whoever's better at, you know, relinquishing that pride, asking for help. Um, I had a VOD review with Doa the other day, and it was amazing, right? And I was so afraid to show any of those guys our stuff. Um, but in the end, it didn't matter, like you said, right? Like, it was awesome. Doa ah. was – the information Doa gave us was phenomenal, right? And mm-hmm. things that we, like, knew, sure. kind of, but weren't ever told – and uh, now that like someone told us, someone with that expertise told us, now we can improve. And I think people really avoid that 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 VOD review like kind of feeling where it's like to be told that you're wrong can be tough, mm-hmm. right? And a VOD review is all about like you're gonna you're gonna be told pretty much everything that you did wrong. Plus, yeah. you got to hear it in your own voice, and it's a, t- it's likes a tough doing experience. That. But like. We all have to understand that when we're doing that, it's not to prove that I'm better than you. Yes. Or if I'm VOD reviewing someone or DOA doesn't VOD review me, Uber doesn't VOD review us to to prove that they're better than us. Mm-hmm. They truly want to create a pipeline of of casters, mm-hmm. right? Because they get an opportunity to do that now, especially with Overwatch League, right? Exactly. Like first of its kind type of situation. And I really like they, they are not giving this advice to bring down other people. It really... Every review I've ever had with anyone so far has really brought me up in the end, mm-hmm. and I went into each one of them expecting to get eviscerated, and a couple times I did, Sure, but still at the end, I actually didn't know that I was doing that stuff wrong. Exactly. I had just been avoiding being told that for so long that I waited until the last minute to actually ask, right? And so. so mm-hmm. That's kind of like heed my warning, get those VOD reviews done. Have people Everybody. read your articles, right? Yes. Like, have somebody like, watch your
0: replays, you know, get
1: right? the coaching. Because even the artists that work at Boulder Games, they'll be like, it's not finished yet. And it's like, well, we we got to kind of see yes. the progress, right? It's part of this game, mm-hmm. right? Like if we wait too long and it's not good, then the whole thing's delayed, right? Yeah. And they, and people hold like these things so, so close because they're made to be judged, yep. right? And so you know, it's all about just being like, all right, let's do it right here's my painting and if you're ever in a critique with anybody this is like my biggest pet peeve and on a lighter note don't tell me what's wrong with it before i see it right so like why do people do that it's it's super frustrating like uh oh this painting i used the wrong blue and this line isn't
0: good it's like okay i don't care there's probably so many other fundamental things that we can talk about like yeah, I was lagging, exactly. and you know, I I didn't have the right mouse. Like, those are all excuses. Let's break. Let's be honest with ourselves, okay? <laughs> excuses. That's exactly. what they are. We're just trying to cushion the bro. We're we're setting up the pillows. You know, please do not end my life. I'm falling. You know, I'm I'm giving you the opportunity to catch me, and I have to start dis- disking out. You know, cushions to, to soften the blow there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah and, Sometimes it takes rock bottom to get there, exactly. but at least you got there, right? Exactly. That's some of the, some of the times like. The that's the crossroads event for a lot of people is like you haven't done anything in a long time. Um, You don't feel good about it. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay and improve or are you going to leave? Yeah. Yeah. And the other like really
1: interesting thing, too, is when you're rising through the ranks in like these community places. Sure. um, It's really easy to see where you are. Like, mm-hmm. compared to everyone else at BGG, right? Sure. Um, but when you get into, like, a higher level, I actually can draw a latent, uh, latent kind of conversation when I was a tuba player, right? I was very good at the tuba. First time anyone's ever heard anyone say that um, in that kind of way. Uh, but I was, I, was, I was pretty highly ranked in the state. And then I realized, like, after I went to college, everyone in my studio was highly ranked in their state, mm-hmm. right? That I wasn't special. And um, I had to like develop that once again, and that's been, you know, when you're when you're coming up uh, through these ranks, it's all about sometimes all you can do is compare yourselves with other people and what they're the work that they're doing or what gigs they're landing. Why am I not getting that gig? Why did I get that gig? Sure. Why didn't they? Right? But again, I'm just trying to say that it's like there's so much comparing. Against other people that can be really stressful, but in the end, those other people don't matter, no.
0: right? God. It is all
1: about that product and how you get that product to its best pristine position, and that roadmap is what you take, not not these other roadmaps that might happen. Mm. There, are, there are similar things like BGG that can help you through, but we're yes. going to help you in your own way, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, we're not going to we're not going to do your work for you, either. No. So get out grind, there, and get it. Ask for help, please. There's a lot of help available. I know every contender's caster would probably vod review anybody mm-hmm. um, at this point in any region. And so uh, just just reach out if you're looking to be a
0: caster. That's a really great first step. Yeah, ask. You know, you you mentioned you know that that first step for addicts, and it, it, I'm trying to think of a witty way to to talk about how we're just a, addicted to our own ego because we are in the spotlight, right? We are trying to put mm-hmm. ourselves out there, but we don't we don't want to put anything bad out, right? So we yeah. are kind of just in this vicious cycle of wanting to produce, but we don't want to produce bad. And then we don't. And then we go back to wanting to produce. And then, you know, it, 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 you have to break away from that. Just start building those good habits. And I think that's any coach, any, any teacher, anybody who's seasoned will tell you like, yeah, you have to start small. Do you know who's actually really
1: good at it on Netflix is Marie Kondo. <laughs> so like, uh, this is that tidying up show. So yeah. I, I was watching it and I realized that a lot of people don't clean because they're anxious about doing it wrong. Right. Mm. But she like she she comes in and just doesn't care. Right. Mm. It's like she's so welcoming and supportive that there's no shame involved. And I think that shame is such a driving factor for a lot of people. And um, you don't have to be shameful about asking for help. Right. needing help is not something to be shameful of. It's not weakness. It's not nothing. I actually think it's admitting that you're wrong, I think, is one of the bravest thing that people can do. Yes. And so that's um, something
0: that everybody at some point, I think. Well, I mean, I guess not everybody, but I think most people tend to, like... There's a moment where you're just like, you know what? I'm okay. It's okay with being wrong. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. If anything, it's good. Yes. Yes. Psychology, man. I love talking about that yes. kind of stuff. Yes. So, uh, and and as we, we, we talk about it, it makes a lot more sense why you play, at, like, fighting games. You're very <laughs> much, like, the unattainable <laughs> Daigo goal. You're like, ah, God, I really... So-
2: I, I want to climb mean, like, that ladder
0: so bad. My mom is Korean. going to put that out there. <laughs> and um,
1: I have been grounded for a B plus and an A minus in my life. Uh, so like I, I, I have a little bit of that, but the other thing I think about fighting games that I learned in the, in the, in the end, what are my favorite things to do? Mm-hmm. Cause I, I had a really hard time playing team sports growing up. Sure, I got kicked off of my tennis team. <laughs> and so like, um, because uh, yeah, I threw my racket at my partner. Uh, Be- anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I like only do individual sports, and part of it is like that mental game. Right? Is can I break you? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if I can get you here, like the rest everything
0: of the stuff- else crumbles.
1: Yeah. So I got really good at talking trash. Um, a real back in the day, and I was kind of like the villain of a lot of the things that we played. Sure. Um, back in the day, but I think that's why I like fighting games so much. Is like the villain is like, ex- like, is an accepted part mm-hmm. of like of doing that and getting into another person's head and tilting them is just like, it's it's a strategy that people yes. use, right? It's uh, we see it in Overwatch sometimes. Not um, as much uh, as I'd like, but yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I think I think a Sombra could tilt a
0: team pretty hard. Oh, for, for sure. It. Yes. Very yeah. Sure. And so,
1: um, yeah, and, and like. God, like, going back into those, like, individual events, like, that feeling, just, like, that one-on-one is just, like, so exhilarating. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about it. Um, But then I realized that, like, I was, like, too emotional, and it was, like, unhealthy. So I had to, like, take a break. And then um, I had to reform myself a little bit. And then I started playing team games. And I was so PMA at that point. It was so weird. It's like, when I play fighting games, all I do is trash talk. Mm. Even my husband, poor guy, right? (laughs) Like, I, I'll be like, "What do I? Is that I hear button mashing? Or, Are you oh, struggling? Okay. Yeah, Get out yeah, of the yeah, corner! Oh, oh. Come on! Yeah, exactly. don't throw me <laughs> exactly. again! Don't do it! No! Time's running out for you to do something useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorites. Um, and so, like, <laughs> um yeah, that's kind of. Uh, I'm also I'm a terrible person and also a great one. I guess. Yeah. Um, just don't just
0: don't meet Boop in, in a competitive environment because he will coach you on the fly and you will hate it. I can guarantee. Oh, you. yeah. It's actually something I should probably look at.
1: Like, I am way too competitive <laughs> way too competitive my sister i like even when i was younger i like the state test in sixth grade i took my, my sister seven years older than me <laughs> i took my sister's other test seven years older than mine and compared them against mine and went be like I, i'm smarter than you at math it's like what the hell am i doing why am i doing that right i know i might be 10 sure right? but what am i doing why am i throwing my racket at my friend right like what is that why you know, can't I play racquetball? We're
0: young. What what do we know, yeah, right? Exactly. What do we know? Exactly. We're we're getting there. We're exactly. close to thirty, man. We're, wow, we're close don't to... remind me, man. When I turned twenty five, my parents were like, Well, you know, you're you're quarter of a century old. How's that feel? I'm like, oh I got a little <sighs> scared the other day that I'm
1: turning twenty nine in August. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be thirty. It's happening. 30's not that right. old though. <laughs>
0: everyone seems to have like a nice resurgence and like parties hard at yeah. again and like, I, I feel like every 10 football. years it's like, you know, it's a mini, like, what do you call it? When you just like have a, have a weird yearning to be in the youth again.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but I know exactly what you're you saying. You know, you because, know like, what I mean? I've seen it. It's yes. like a midlife crisis. Yes. Concept, that's exactly right? what I was meant. Yeah. Quarter life crisis we'll mm-hmm. say. Um, but like for the first time in my life, I'm realizing I don't get what the kids are listening to. Oh my God. Right. Dude. And I'm like, I'm like separated from what they consider entertainment. <sighs> right. And, and like, and I'm I like, I have to learn now. And that's like been kind of hard to think about.
0: Real talk. And if you're, if you don't want to hear too old people rant and rave about things that you might enjoy and, and may kill, you know, spoiler warning, just saying, <laughs> but I had a very I think it was me, Mushu Beef, and Kenobi, two very prominent people in the BGG community. Um, we were talking about like how I hate just like Twitch chat and like interweaving with like how we use language. Oh yeah, like how I say poggers sometimes. I, th- I, I uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like it's at some points it is endearing because it does encapsulate a lot of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where it'd be a lot easier just to say the meme, right? Like Pog or Pog Champ or Kappa or the new one that I keep hearing and that I've kind of like enjoyed a little bit. It's like Pepega, right? It's just like this, <laughs> this frog without a brain. And it just represents like just the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Like you're absolutely so stupid for doing it. Pepega, right? It's funny. Um, but like some of them, I'm just like, you have to like explain to me why you're saying why you're why you're talking like this because oh, I don't Rob get Spots it. Does a great example. Yes. Of me
1: not getting it sometimes, right? Where I'll see it everywhere mm-hmm. and I'm like, like the beautiful mind numbers are happening. And I'm just like me. trying to figure like why. Wow. Yeah, and then I'm like, am I not funny? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, am I am I not just getting? Am I stupid? Right. But then again, I just like there are just like some shows that stand the test of time. I love Lucy is funny sure, to everybody. Yeah. Right. But there are also some shows that we're never going to watch again, right? (laughs) Just not for us and i think that twitch chat can represent both of those things
0: very much so like that it's a very interesting culture i don't hate it by by any means it's amazing to me that it's weird culture is used in terms of like that so frequently because
1: it's true yes it really is a culture and it can be studied Mm -hmm. right and um, i'd be interested because like i'm sure someone's doing it already and i'm excited to see what happens
0: real talk uh, this is like modern day hieroglyphics yeah yeah very yeah, much so totally. like pictures representing like language,
1: so like and i'm gonna i'm gonna sound so like even like discord where sure. i'll see someone i'll see someone typing and then like they'll have bolded and then italicized and like I, like letters and stuff like that and i'm like i had to
0: google how to yes how, how do i how do i do the crab emo i want to be cool to kids
1: <laughs> i know right and, and it's like and then i see um like a, a the other day like the whole thing is there and it took her like two seconds to type i'm like and and I'm like, I'm a fast typer. I could do ninety to a hundred sure. words per minute, right? Right. Anyone, you know, twenty-five and older <laughs> should, and or twenty, I guess, thirty and younger. Um, sure. But but at the same time, I was like, also so impressed, right? Mm. It was like for the first time in my life, I was like, good job, young lad. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you this job because I'm not going to learn, right? Because <laughs> I think like when you like get to like 30s and a little bit later, you start
0: learning that you're not the best at this thing. No, not right? anymore. And, like, you're just completely and, so di- divorced yep. from the, the cool yep. pop culture references. I'm just like, <laughs> no, I don't know the new album from this guy and the joke he made. Like, I don't, I, I'm not, no, I don't. I haven't seen the newest movie, guys. I'm old. Yeah, I watch and, Overwatch. And then, we're
1: like, and then we're like, oh, Psychonauts, great game. And then they're like, what's Psychonaut? Like what's that? What's a USB? Floppy disk? What's, what's a floppy disk? Yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Optical drives? What are those? So weird, dude. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, so
1: actually, in education, mm-hmm. uh, there's actually a term for this. If, really? I, I think you might find this interesting. So yeah. there's three people, um, technology foreigners, technology, um, tra- uh, technology nomads, and technology natives. And so mm. for the internet, our technology foreigners, they're people who don't never grew up with technology and are mm-hmm. learning it that way technology nomads are us where we started yes um, uh, without technology and then grew up with technology mm-hmm. so we created a lot of the technology that the technology natives have always known right right and that
0: they are just they are uh, they just know technology and how to use it it is right? weird and, to see like seven-year-olds just operate an ipad at like peak efficiency they're just like flick flick, flick. here's my yeah. phone like
1: yeah pff- totally
0: yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Wild. You have to tell him. You just hand it to him, they'll figure it out. Yeah. It's absolutely bonkers and that's what's scary to me when it comes to like esports. And I'm just like there are like 12-year-olds that are like <laughs> absolutely sick at these games. Like when you
1: hear of these like 14 to 17-year-old yeah. contenders players and then you're like okay, cool. Well, I'm almost 30
0: and <laughs> I, I can't yeah, hit I'm the broad side of the barn.
1: Yeah, I if I'm McCree, I'm, I'm doing good if I hit the environment
0: right Mm -hmm. it's so
1: like and it's like this gets 14 and way better than me at like so many aspects of my life right like i can't help but like hate myself just for a second
0: it's so like it's so interesting because at some point somebody probably thought that about us where they're just like what do you mean run c drive what what is that i know what is a what is a disc fragment like D? what Deep, right? My cookies. Ask Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, what's, that's a throwback. What, yeah. What's Ask Chiefs? <laughs> now, again, this is filmed on Valentine's Day. It should be out in a couple days. Uh, I'll probably publish this uh, shortly after. Hopefully, we'll see. um But you know, today is the season start of the Overwatch League, and to kind of close it out, I wanted to get your your take on this. You know, uh, what are some of your what are some of your goals? For, for Overwatch, what are what are some of the the teams that you're following? What do you think of this season? What do you want to happen? You know, kind of kind of wrap us up with the with the Overwatches.
1: Cool. Well, I am hyped for Overwatch League. Sure. Um, I cannot, I cannot. Uh, it's like I'm uh, going and seeing like my old call co- like summer camp friend sure. again. Yeah. Right, where where we got like super close really fast, and they were just gone. Mm-hmm. Right, and now it's time to go to camp again, and I get to see all these people because for some reason we never talked outside of camp.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I was cast, so I, you know, I got to like inherently through like my gigs, like keep up with what's going on. But there's something about one, I miss the talent, I miss the sure. play, like talent in terms of players and casters. Sure. Right, like I really, really miss just seeing them for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, uh, And then uh, I'm also really excited for this season because my fusion are looking pretty good.
0: So, um, you know, Joseph, how much of a fusion. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And you know what? I will. You know, just (laughs) let me throw you a bone here because I was very much happy that the London Spitfire did win the finals. That was, you know, the team that I had going into it. Not, not, not actually the team I had going to it. I actually thought they were going to get knocked out fairly early. But you know, at the event, I was rooting for the London Spitfire. Chris over here, boop, was very much the Philadelphia fan. And I will say, match one, I do have Philadelphia winning. So <laughs> oh, awesome! Yeah,
1: I appreciate that. I have like I can't figure out if
0: I want to place them anywhere from like two to ten on my power. Yeah, I, they, is my thing yes, they can vary. I will say. Okay, but the
1: fusion have always
0: been streaky. Yes. Right. And roster consistency
1: isn't necessarily how you stop <laughs> each streaky. Yes. Right. Yes. It's like, it 100% can help. Mm-hmm. Right. But you have to show that. It's like, they haven't played any games. It's hard to like see if that consistency is going to help with uh, the consistency roster. Going to help with the consistency in games. Because mm-hmm. I think they're in a very interesting position in the Atlantic Division. Which mm-hmm. I think is much stronger than the Pacific Division. He's um, at, at the top. And the reason why I say that is because, well, you've got London and New York, right? Um, and you got Philly. Though. A lot of people at 3 they're kind of like the gatekeeper to the top two. And I think for stage one, what I'm looking for is, are we going to talk about Philly like we talk about New York or London? Mm-hmm. Are we going to talk, like, as in top three, like, that's how we talk about them? Or are we going to talk about them like, you know, the Shock or, you know, those, those people that might be might be the new philly fusion for this season mm-hmm. right and that's i think the most exhilarating storyline for me with this team is like the reason why i started liking him is because they look like the little rascals right there was no dc <laughs> team at the time and sure. that's where you know that's where i'm from and then you know i had to i had to get on on board with the team and then i saw you know fraggy get up there and i saw that team and i'm like these guys are funny i don't know why i think that but i like them and I also love the color orange, right? Yeah. And so uh, I went to stage one, week three, um, and I saw that Philly game, uh, the upset, and the uh, and that was it for me. Like I saw some person, yeah. I, I I've been a Shadowbird fan for a very, very long time before the season started. Okay. Um, through like a lot of that contender stuff, yeah, full circle. Um, yeah, and then like they were just like so that team that could win any mm. game like could also lose, lose any, any game, game. So Exactly. you get invested in every game they play <laughs> and that was like and that was, like makes finals but also the only team to go twice to game five was shanghai yeah right like that's kind of how my brain works and how i kind of do my work <laughs> right it's just peaks right it's like they're on the edges they're not really ever here they're either just like losing or winning uh junkertown they're losing yeah right <laughs> against new york excels here they won and that's great exactly. uh, but that's what i'm looking forward to uh this season and my goal is to kind of like see analytically like what's causing just like inconsistency in general mm, within yeah. teams uh because i think you could talk about rosters in that sense but i wonder if there's like certain like i'm really i'm starting to get really interested in like certain play styles of like how certain people play divas Right. Yes. And, and, yes. And, and how I think D.Va is like the best example of that. Tracer mm-hmm. is another really good example of three distinct play styles mm-hmm. um, on how those play styles combined with another person's play styles create inconsistency and how the coaching kind of goes along with that. I'm really interested to see. See,
0: like, you're big brain. I tried you're broad though man.
1: See, that's yeah. all super broad, right? And um, Overwatch is a
0: game that, that does have a lot of specifics. So sometimes it's good to be broad. Sometimes it's, it, it's it, good to, you know, take summarizing
1: some... and simplifying is just as good sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like expansion teams, uh, you know, I think I'm kind of on board with everybody else. Right. We, mm. we don't have anything other than what the the community has written. We've got the Titans, which sure. that logo is growing on me for some reason. When I first uh, saw weirdly it I, enough.
0: Yeah. I'm not, a, not a fan off the start, but yeah, I, I have yeah, to say. The more I look at it, I'm like, okay cool i don't know why um yeah. nothing has changed in the logo <laughs> no. um
1: you know and then the spark getting some or charge spark charge i always get those two confused um getting a getting a ton of hype uh yeah. at, the, at the moment as well
0: uh goosh way goosh that's gonna that's tough work man i don't, I'm, uh, I'm not sure i don't know if i'll see yeah. playtime but we'll see I, i'll be happy if he comes out and they look great i'll be more eventually than eventually yes everyone will yes. get yes. that playtime Right, I
1: don't think anybody should mess with their rosters for the first two or three. Oh God, please stop! Right, but but I think that's probably going to happen because I do think we're going to be living in a world with. I'm assuming here, just Mm -hmm. based off of like what I see in other sports, sure, the teams with the most consistency, Mm -hmm. the New Yorks, um, like playoff London, um, are going to be better. And they're going to be the ones that we see on top of the screen. And then the ones that kid, like I think the best goats teams are going to be the ones at the top as well. Um, and so I'm not quite sure how Philly's goats is going to be. I'm kind of like on Monty's side on that uh, where it could be good. Right. But it might not be, it's not like as solid as some of these other teams. And so uh, I'm also, I think like everyone else, like really waiting to see what comp is going to be the thing that challenges sure. goats. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, in the end, because we've tried so many things so far, and it's a tough one to kill. That's a it's a tough. Wins the war of attrition like mm-hmm. eight times out of ten, six times out of ten,
0: right? But that's still over fifty percent. I like those odds. Yeah, it, it's uh it'll be tough. I'll be interested wow. to see exactly what the game looks like because I've heard some interesting looks from uh a few teams. um We'll see. Obviously, this will be out afterwards um and <laughs> so we'll figure it out yeah. one thing i
1: am gonna miss about goats though just as a caster and i sure. think as a viewing experience is the fact that everything takes place on screen yes right because yes. like because i know that was like part of dive's problem mm-hmm. right in terms of viewing is there's just so much that was happening that wasn't what you were looking at yep. right and uh with goats that wasn't the case you saw everything Yep, and um i am gonna miss that a little bit but i think like uh the best part about it is if you weren't familiar with it at the beginning of the season on um, any region of contenders you're familiar with it now yes and i think goats is such a great kind of learning tool to understand dive mm. and to understand um other like pick comps and crossfires and you know double sniper uh goats is such a great kind of starting point to understand team comps in general that i think because of goats the overall audience might be more attuned to what's happening now uh because we've got so much of one thing it's time for a change now we can go on that journey together with the audience
0: i'm learning what these other comps are and that's really exciting too yeah exactly and you know not to not to stretch this out any longer, because I, I do I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But I, I think you bring up a really interesting point that I think sideshow is the first to kind of pen is the idea that you know dive taught us something and goats is going to teach us something and this this next meta whatever it may be if it's a hybrid if there is like a very set meta game um, mm. that's going to teach us something as well. And it just feels like a consistent change and level up that now we're very focused around each individual ability and the, the very it, it, goats was very much a resource battle. Yeah. Mary, Zarya Mary, bubbles. Mary. Very good example of that. Yes, right. Yes. Boop, even the smallest displacement causes resources to be used faster and pressure mm-hmm. from amp, this angle. Amp it up and how important mm-hmm. that is.
1: Right. Like I could, I could write a dissertation on, yes, amp it up goats, right. It's like, Oh man, I don't know what it is about it, but I get really excited about, <laughs> about that particular version because mm. How Lucios re- manage that resource, right? Is mm-hmm. is is crucial on whether you're defending or attacking a point. Or or if you're seeding or giving space, or if you're I'm gonna get a diva bob. Yeah. Right? Uh, we all remember Elk's vertical boop on Numbani yep. or was a Hollywood. That was nuts. And we actually got a good angle of it too. And that was like And that's the other thing with lucio too it's just like boop provides so much displacement so easy to give it credit once it gets that environmental kill but it is even the slightest yeah it has made teams not get on the payload before Mm -hmm. it has made teams die from self-destructs it has made teams just like lose the high ground a gravity tragedy right and so um, and so like that's the type of stuff that I find super interesting. Like mm-hmm. the micro, as I get from broad and like, now like I know Amped Up is important. Now what is the broadness of that? That's kind sure. of how like my, my brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, and Goats did teach us that. Taught us Damn. about cooldowns. Yes. Taught us about um, team play and communication and comps and how important that is. And um, that's all just going to carry over into the next thing. So I'm actually really excited to see Goats against exactly. other comps, right? Yeah. Because I think the most boring part of it was that we we're always seeing Goats versus Goats. Yes, that's really cool. I'm totally cool with goats versus something else. Some weird look
0: that people are going to try and beat it with, you know, are they going to be able to do that? Are they, do they know the answer to the weird problem that they're mm -hmm. being posed? Sombra Anna got popular contenders there for a hot minute, Right.
1: And so people are still trying to figure it out, but you practice goats for so long. You've all been practicing goats for so long. We're going to see a ton of it at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And, but it's almost impossible
0: to, Kind of predict what that that is going to be. Yeah, at this it's. Point. I've trust me. I've heard some weird looks coming from contenders. So, <laughs> season one, 2019 is yeah. going to be interesting. The weirdest one I've heard is quad support. Have you heard that one yet? I've seen that. We actually saw that a little okay, bit in China. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm hearing v- not as weird. Not like stacking roles, but very much exploration into a lot of characters that we might not have been um, used to seeing as much of. Not not as much as, like, Torps Metra esque things, but a lot of... Um, the Roadhogs, the get Yeah, you're, you uh, are like seeing that. some Roadhog. You're seeing a lot of different picks that people are exploring um, to beat Goats.
1: I think that Wrecking Ball might be a pretty popular pick one mm-hmm. day, uh, especially mm-hmm. after those armor changes, right? Yep. And so... And the, and the shield changes, and he's the main tank that... Is like hyper mobile yes. uh, that can that can scout and do everything like somber can right and so mm-hmm. uh, outside of just being stealth infinitely and so I see wrecking ball making an appearance for sure um, I definitely and think I think so. we'll definitely see variety on assault and control yeah and, and um and escort for sure we'll see quad DPS on escort especially <laughs> Route on Route 66 yeah. right and um so we'll, we'll we'll see that again but a lot of those teams like. It's funny because, like, we want a goat's killer, but, like, is a goat's killer something like on point A, we play this, on point B, we play goats, on point C, we might switch, Mm -hmm.
0: right? Is that what we want? Is that what we want Overwatch? I think think that's Overwatch. I think that's ideally what I think the developers would like it to be, very fluid. Each point is a different look. It's not just very rigid. You play this across the game. I agree, because they wouldn't let you switch characters if there's something they didn't want you to do exactly and that's been something that that's a game mechanic that i think we're finally starting to master at the professional level i think we're finally learning that there are well well i don't know we'll see we'll see how much diva's played
1: so actually that was actually one of the most interesting things that we we saw i think at the end of na contenders was the Mm -hmm. fact that teams like it's like one of those things i think where diva has just been such a staple of our meta that we couldn't like, imagine a been, game without her yeah we she just wasn't the one we thought of switching out mm-hmm. right like reinhardt that's an easier switch out for some reason sure right um uh, but all of a sudden divas were getting switched out all the time near the mm-hmm. end of any contenders for may for, Doomfist, for the double takes for yeah for win yeah, yeah. for anyone that because man do this can both kind of function as off tanks yeah and um, if you play them well and so the uh, and so that was really, really cool. And so now that teams, I think, are I think more okay mm-hmm. with not having a diva, uh, I think we'll we'll see a little bit more exploration uh, from that. especially
0: too. with the nudge from Blizzard, like, hey, you know, she's not as good anymore. We have nerfed yeah. a couple things about her that, you know, will incentivize you to still play her because her her kit is still very, very good. But there, mm-hmm. it is more punishing. Like if you're not necessarily yep. super good at it, you can find uh, success elsewhere, and that's good. Yeah, defense matrix is one of those abilities that will f-
1: forever be hard to balance because it'll Absolutely it'll ridiculous. either be absolute garbage or y- yes. too overpowered yes right that's what I'm really afraid of when it comes to stealth characters in general in games is that same thing <laughs> that's that. a whole nother yeah. discussion um uh, yeah we can we can we can save that one offline I... but the um uh, but yeah and so mm-hmm. I'm just like I think again what goats did too is it would kind of force teams to be okay potentially with adjusting yes um, and we'll see the ones that aren't Mm -hmm. And so I'm actually really excited to see like if a team um, is super like Monty said in his top, uh, like his his rankings where a lot of these people who might be in the tens to 15s, if it's dive that we're seeing in the second half, they're going to be completely flipped. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even someone on the lower end Mm -hmm. could could potentially pop up based on the meta. Right. And it's exciting. We'll see today. I'm expecting to see some goats. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it I out. I think that's some safe expectations. Week. I think those yeah. are safe expectations. If I was a coach, that's what I'd have my team to do too.
0: I mean, it's what you practice, you know?
1: Yeah. It's not, I'm not going to have you sight read <laughs> a new piece of music <laughs> at your concert. Exactly. At States. You right. know, we, that That's yeah, a whole
0: exactly. nother, that's a whole nother like avenue of, of competition that we don't have to participate in. If we don't want to, we can just play what we're good at <laughs> and be graded on it. We should do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I am a little worried about Mei, though. I've been seeing her a lot. Uh,
1: And, uh, like, not in terms of, like, balance. Sure. Um, One thing about Mei and Sombra, in terms of, like, character design that I always worry about, is Mm. if it's good for the game for Sombra and May to be that ubiquitous. Yeah. Right? Um, And so because of how – like, Mei was made to be frustrating. Yes. They would not have made her, like – stand still to shoot you in the face right you have to like look at her in the eyes after you're frozen Mm -hmm. and then die right like they did that on purpose but at the same time it's like are those kids torbjorn i think is in that same situation symmetra too is Mm -hmm. if symmetra finds herself in a place where she's in the meta is that good for the game just in general right and that's kind of like that's what i mean by that and so um may has always found her way to sneak into some comps yeah yeah uh, sombra sombra i think is the number one example of that whenever a she, new she's a toughie of, whenever new uh patch comes out she completely drops and mm-hmm. eventually she comes right back in yeah um emp is just such a it's such a good way to win a round too, oh yeah right just and like so, you all don't get to play the game anymore we win yeah you, you all you do all you have is aim Mm-hmm. right now and your left clicks and some of you don't even <laughs> be like lucio you can't even do anything really no
0: when, when all your happens. good parts are gone you can maybe yeah. get some shots but
1: and that's like if i were to say my worries for for like overwatch league or the meta that's definitely what it is because mm. we're gonna find something that's gonna be a goat's killer yep. and if it's a goat's killer it's gonna be really good yep. right and, and we're that'll gonna be, be the new seeing, thing and it'll be the new thing just like beyblade was and yeah. it's so funny um, how like recency bias has taken over because I hated Beyblade back in the day, <laughs> and now all of a sudden I'm like I take Blade, Blade Black, but yeah. I don't think I would like if I if, if I were to see it right, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was like the best meta, and yeah. so um, not a lot the of answers, combos but... are yeah the Wombo combo metas are cool um, like but Dragaton got hyper frustrating there for a second oh, yeah. right like when Hanzo Very was super good like
0: like that to me is more frustrating than I ever got with goats <laughs> yeah and so. Goats can be kind of chessy in a way, but with with uh, you know, well, yeah. I think goats can be in the mirror can be very chess like. There's lots of like nuance. There's there. like I think there's like respect to the comp because it's obviously so good. Sure, right. And
1: then like looking back at Hanzo, where you're like, oh come on, right? <laughs> Those storm mode
0: changes. Yeah, a bit, a bit pushed, as we say.
1: Yeah, and so like I don't want that. I would rather have goats for a little longer than yes. that. Than uh, some absurdity the of the like old exactly. doomfist like big hitbox doomfist right? oh Just man absolutely. there's something that's like hyper oppressive yeah. right like old sombra on route 66 or temple of anubis right mm-hmm. like that kind of frustrating and that that it, it, it in my opinion is more worrisome in mm-hmm. terms of Unhunged. but i am ex- yeah exactly because I am excited for the season. I'm excited for these team comp changes. I'm excited to watch owl mm-hmm. and I like seeing how it might not work is honestly, I think part of the excitement. Yeah. It's,
0: it's a big question mark. You know, how are the teams going to play? What are they going to yeah. play? How, I want how are things going to shake out? Yeah, definitely. I definitely want it to work. Of course. Of course. Um, I don't think we'd, we'd be here for like,
1: did. yeah, uh, is, is the, is my favorite thing, sure. but it's um, yeah. But I think like to not have concerns mm. would be, um, worries would mean almost. to me that you like yeah that you didn't care yeah exactly right a- a- about it because even if your concerns are wrong or misplaced at least you cared or aware right mm-hmm. that's kind of like where i
0: am with that yeah and and that's um i think that's a good place to cap it off because i think we have i don't know pre-show should be starting sometime soon but i don't want to take up too much of your time i know you guys have a, a Civ game to play and some some potato <laughs> chips to eat and then some owl to watch I think I'll yeah, probably man. be joining you in that. And uh, that's sp- in, in a way I'll be joining you in the audience, right? The, the, the <laughs> figurative audience. But uh, well, you know, we're starting off with my with the match. So, the match. Uh, I the, ex- the
1: see it. And also Krillin is smaller than profit. Can you believe? Yeah.
0: That's nuts. <laughs> he's he's uh, I, that's another story that I'm in. I'm, I'm very closely following because I don't know if this is I don't think it's going to be another Joe next situation. But again, you don't draft a rookie into the league. Um, I think, a... oh, actually, before we start, what new player, like, what character in general that we might
1: be seeing, mm-hmm. um, like, because something that you said, like, Jonak on that Zenyatta, like, sure. are we going to see, in, in your opinion, what character has elevated its, like, skill tier based on the new people that are in there? Because I actually expect some pretty phenomenal Zenyatta play from a lot of teams. Yes. Like, I think there are a lot of really good Zenyattas in, um... in the league.
0: Hmm. Maybe it'd probably be a flex tank, I think. I think that's been... I think Zarya would be a good answer. Yeah, there. Zarya, D. Yeah. D. Um, Hmm. DPS is always kind of very much in the forefront. Mm-hmm. That it gets kind of... You you do see very standout people, but it's it's very easy to kind of see that. Yeah, I, um,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, like, there's still some new zenyatas that need to make it. Like, yes, I think uh, I Alarm, I think, is the one that we're all thinking of right now. Sure, sure. Um, uh, that dude is good, and Apply yeah. is really good too. And so, mm-hmm. we'll. Uh, I think Jonac is still probably the. I mean, he's the best zenyata until he's not the best Zenyana, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, but his competition, I think, is a little bit closer. I think the Zenyatta matchups this season are gonna be hype. um like support i think the supports in general have all gotten a little bit better and so like i'm really excited to see
0: those support lineups uh mix it mix it up too it's gonna be very interesting um and you know Owl, is this something you're kind of chasing after in a way is this is this the end goal almost of course of course overwatch league is the dream uh, a, a hundred percent, a thousand
1: percent yes. And everything that I want to do is, is, is how, you know, success is not like where you are is not necessarily determinant of success, sure. but Overwatch League is definitely the goal. It is, it is, you know, where I've written down like in, in two years where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would love for it to be faster than two years. It'd be awesome. Um, but that's definitely where I want to be in the end and just be someone who is, helping the community at large in terms of casting as well, like helping with that funnel, helping the educational aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to be involved in collegiate esports at some point uh, to and like, and helping develop those programs. Sure. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, but those are super future goals, but I think near future Overwatch League, definitely. Um, I think super near future. I'd love to cast one of the showdowns, one of the lands uh, for for North America. Um, right I think that's like the like the coolest, most recent thing that we yes. could go for. Yes. Uh, and so that's kind of uh, that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, uh, I wonder. Be, oh, actually, I think I can say that. So, so Ham and I are coming back for contenders next season too. Wonderful. Good. And so um, uh, we're going to be looking
0: at that as well. So uh,
1: cool. we're super excited
0: awesome awesome and you know again with the with the interviews this is not about me it's about you so if there's any people you want to shout out the last kind of five minutes or so are yours to do whatever you want with i don't care if you say butts <laughs> for five minutes straight or you uh sing so again your spot yeah i am uh
1: i'm gonna go i'm gonna take this a little sad joe i think you know what it's uh it's about, dude. i want to i want to dedicate this thing to my uh my dog oslo who uh passed uh just recently very recently actually um mm. uh, was suffering through some cancer and eventually mm. the cancer did win and um it's been rough but i wanted to you know a little let, little shout I to give her a little bit of a memory and a For shout sure. out because she is one of the best dogs i have ever had and she appears as a barking animal in a lot of my content <laughs> um <laughs> on a, on on the side and so um definitely that and then i definitely wanted to you know happy valentine's day today is valentine's very day much. you're happy not watching valentine's. on valentine's day but today is and uh i <laughs> wanted to give props to my husband who is probably the most supportive person, you know, him and Ham Mm. um, and and Mushu at BGG, Alex at, you know, Carbid Ulog also at Carbid and all of the talent that's helped me along the way there's a lot of people who have had a hand in in helping me get to where I am and I hope one day that I get to help you all out as well and so uh, yeah I think that's a good way to
0: end. All right, thank you guys for watching episode 10 of Dell Further. Um, This should be coming up soon. Um, Like and subscribe and all that jazz and we'll see you in the next one